The Guardian. Carrying in the new Roman Polanski film, Carnage, two New York City couples come together after their sons have an after-school brawl. Christoph Waltz plays one of the fathers, Alan, a tough-talking attorney whose cell phone buzzes every five minutes. Excuse me, one second. Yes, Walter. And he takes every call, much to the dismay of the others. Can you hear me now? Eventually, his wife dumps his cell phone into a vase of water. And just like that, Alan slumps to the ground. It's as if the phone was powering him. My whole life was in there. It's a graphic example of an idea popularized by the German philosopher Friedrich Kittler. He says we humans are not the masters of our technology, but rather its subjects. Kittler made us realize Technology is irremissible. There's no off switch to technology, nor is there a technologically free zone where one wouldn't be um, an app or something that is already um, plugged into a larger technological um, circuitry. That's the philosopher Avital Ronel. I met up with her in New York just as she returned from speaking at Kittler's funeral. He passed away earlier this year. I didn't expect the coffin to be right there next to me, so it was um, a more traumatic and fresher experience than I might have anticipated. Friedrich Kittler is often called the Derrida of the digital age. This was mainly due to his championing of French thinkers like Foucault, Lacan, Derrida. Kittler's also firmly rooted in the German tradition, He's an intellectual heir of both Heidegger and Hegel. But his ideas about media and technology are completely his own. According to Ronell, the path to understanding Kittler begins with understanding his rejection of humanist conceptions of media, like the one popularized by Marshall McLuhan, who famously said media was an extension of the self. I think he was dismayed by, by the uninterrogated premises that McLuhan left vacant. For example, McLuhan, if he's talking about an extension of the self, he doesn't question the self. He assumes a self, an intact self. Whereas for Friedrich, ideologies of self, of country, of, of all sorts of entities that used to be honored and left intact we're all subjected to and deformed by the technological encroachment. Radio, cinema, the internet, typewriters, gramophones. For Friedrich Kittler, none of these are extensions of man. Rather, man is the extension of technology. Our, our entire psychical apparatus, as Freud calls it, is determined by certain um, um, technological borrowings. When you say you're having a good time, you're borrowing from the lexicon of technological being. You're having a blast, uh, something turns you on or turns you off. You know, even our so-called emotions are, in the first place, technologically filtered and um, 
cast. You know, for him, media are not what we use to communicate or express ourselves, but it's exactly the other way around. You know, media make us and unmake us within their kind of networks. That's the writer Tom McCarthy. In many ways, he brings Kittler's ideas to life in his most recent novel, C. I was trying to write a novel all about radio and the early years of radio and um, this idea of, you know, the air suddenly coming alive with, with, with transmission lines and that kind of human consciousness is, is kind of shaped by that. I wanted my hero to be born with radio and kind of to die into radio. And uh, various friends had said, man, you've, you've got to read this book by Kittler. And I'd all, always put it off because I thought, you know, don't know what some academic thinks about it, you know. <laughs> but, you know, it, they were right. Once Tom McCarthy finished his novel, he read Kittler's book, Gramophone Film Typewriter, and he told me he was pleased to discover something much bigger than an academic take. So Kittler writes at one point in that book, what remains of people is what media can store and communicate. What counts are not the messages or the content with which they equip so-called souls for the duration of a technological era, but rather their circuits, the very schematism of perceptibility. And, and for me, that, that nails it. That absolutely nails it. And that's the basis on which poetry has to proceed, or any literature. When Tom McCarthy went to Berlin for his book, he met some of Kittler's disciples, who famously call themselves the Kittler Youth. They informed him that his project met with their approval. Eventually, he got to speak with the master himself. What struck him most, he says, is how Kittler is able to take his ideas back into the history of literature and apply them where supposedly there is no technology. The wonderful thing about Kittler is, is he, he tracked this back way beyond the 20th or even 19th century, um, back to the Greeks and, and to the idea of, um, you know, kind of transmission lines between the heavens and the earth and, and, and uh, you know, echo and narcissus and, and so on. So this was, this was a really exciting stuff. But this exciting stuff according to Avital Renel, is exactly what got Kittler into trouble with the university, a place notoriously defensive and protective about academic boundaries and specializations. He really practiced the uh, politics of contamination. He made Goethe uh, more a matter of, of white noise and technological scratching and popping and, and telecommunicational... Um, cabling, storage problems, and all sorts of algorithms, that's when the trouble really started brewing. Because um, to take a national monument, an unquestioned icon of, of literary and um, even theoretical gravity and importance, and start retrofitting it and, and re-technologizing things that seem to be pre-technological and therefore pure and untouched, unpolluted, unscathed. That was the scandal, I think, the contamination that occurred. He was a big contaminator. 
But as much as Kittler's cross-disciplinary raids may have ruffled a few academic feathers, it was his critical analysis of the Nazi war machine, Renell says, that really freaked out the German establishment. I have a feeling that the difficulty of Kittler is that um, we're still not ready to face the disaster and traumatic tremors of WW2, World War II and Kittler is in your face about it. For example, when Kittler says that wars, starting with World War II and his work on Alan Turing, are a matter of computer fights, that's very shocking because we're still very humanist. We still like to think that it was the great generation, that there's some meaning to um, the sacrifices of, and the body counts. But Kittler shows that um, World War II was decided by um, someone like uh, Alan Turing, who broke the uh, Enigma code. By the way, the um, password to get into the party after the funeral was Enigma. When he was a kid, I mean, this is really, a really, really weird thing. His, his mother would take him to, to these on these Baltic holidays to, um, um, to the beach in what's now East, well, what used to be East Germany, and uh, she would take him to Peenemünde, which is this little island where they did the V2 rocket experiments. And those, you know, V2 rocket experiments were sort of very important in terms of what was going on over over here in terms of the development of the, of the computer. So. His, his personal history feeds very, very um, powerfully into, into his intellectual thoughts on these subjects, I think. Writer Stuart Jeffries penned one of the only English-language obits for Kittler in The Guardian. He notes that Kittler's philosophy of media and technology sprung from his analysis of World War II. War drove the research that led to the computer. You know, what an extraordinary thought. And for Kittler, um, that, that was a, a, it's, it's a key thing that's what happens in, in, in military technological innovation um, spills over and, and influences uh, what happens in um, the rest of humanity. Kittler's insights into the relationship between war and technology open the doors to dystopian nightmare scenarios like the ones portrayed in the Terminator or Matrix movies. But for Kittler, there is no possibility of triumph over the machines. This is why that scene from Polanski's Carnage is so Kitlerian, because when Michael's cell phone goes dead, he goes limp as well. Disconnected from the network, Michael realizes he has no life. This, Stuart Jeffrey says, is what Kittler wants us to understand. Is it the culmination of a kind of um, human decentering project, which, you know, you can trace it back to Copernicus. You know, we, we thought we were at the centre of the world. We aren't. You, you know, you go to Darwin. We, we thought we're the mas- we were the masters of, of, our, of our own species. We're not. And the, and the masters of our in- evolution, we're not. We, we, you look at Freud. We, we thought we were, we were the masters of our thoughts. We're, we're actually overrun by unconscious thoughts. So, the, the, in, and, and, and now we think that we're the, we're the, the masters of, a te- of our technological domain, that we control it. And, and uh, he's suggesting, like all these previous thinkers, we're not as powerful, not as, uh, as in control as we thought. At the time of his death, Kittler was still an academic rock star in Germany. But his ideas about the media never took outside his native land. Some say this is because the ideas are too difficult. Others say they're just too German. 
But according to Avital Ronell, if we truly want to understand our relationship with media and technology, there is just no avoiding Friedrich Kittler. Kittler commands a huge area that connects so much thought from the 18th century to the 21st century, and he, in a sense, reconfigured so much with his work that I have to say that we've only begun to, it's like a big bang temporality. Something happened there that will only arrive and re-determine re, um, our horizons in the future. He swung over to the future, and we can't avoid his work. For The Guardian's Big Ideas, I'm Benjamin Walker. For more great downloads, go to guardian.co.uk forward slash audio.